Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Is that good? Yes, sir! I know who I am! Did IQs just drop shot? I could have been. I, I, I have planned. I like this All shit. Is you know, it's exciting. Dance off, bro. It is your Me Welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. Let the games begin. Hello and welcome to Atlantic SC Next with Jason and Lee. I'm Jason. I'm Lee. And as you guys know, Atlantic SC Next is dedicated to discussing what we watch during the weeks off of our main show and bring on a guest to join us in the fun. So joining us this week, we have Chelsea Williford from Chelsea Loves Movies. Say hello to Chelsea. Hello, everybody. Hey. How are you doing, miss? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? That's, that's, that's nobody's business. <laughs> uh, well, I'm doing great. I'm on a, I'm on a three and a half season high from Mad Men. I'm burning through it, and well, I don't think for myself anymore. I'm just totally trapped in a cycle. So, but it's a constantly pleasant cycle. So, you know, I'm happy, just sort of trapped. That's all. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be a long fucking episode. <laughs> anyway, I'm doing great too. Thank you, Chelsea, for asking. It's uh, it's been a busy week. I'm still grading papers, but it's boiling down. The semester's finally ending, and Huzzah. I can actually get down to watching movies, reading books, and taking it easy. Maybe playing tennis, going to the gym a little bit more, and obviously heading to. I'm going to see Tool this summer with my oh, father, cool. the band, and that's going to be great. And uh, I actually bought my tickets to go to the race down in Montreal. I'm going to the Formula One race, Lucky. which Chelsea is. Also a fan, and I'm so happy she's on the show because I'll be able to talk F1. It's an all F1 show, so if you guys don't like F1, tune out now. Yay. <laughs> Excuse me while I tune out of my own show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, but before we get to what did we watch this week, I wanted to ask Chelsea to tell us a little bit about her her website, what she does, where she we can reach her online. Because she's so she's an awesome person. I've had the chance to talk to on Twitter and frequent also, feature a frequent feature yeah. of of uh, Atlantic Screen Connection. I mean, right from our Absolutely. Ghostbusters episode was when we first really reached out to Chelsea to get a to get a solid opinion about That's a film right. that neither of us truly understood. So this this goes way yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, so we, we finally we've, there's been plans in motion to have you say something uh, and be heard on the show for a long time uh, now. But it's, we've been talking with her for so long now that it, to me it's just natural. I mean, yeah. she's the person that I know <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so yes, Chelsea, go into, go into your site a little and tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I am Chelsea Williford, like they said. Um, I run the blog Chelsea Loves Movies, where I review movies as a non-pretentious asshole. I say that because, like... <laughs> The point of this blog entirely was that I was tired of people being film critics about movies. And I was like, fuck it. I just want to write, like, write about movies from the perspective of someone who likes to watch movies. So that's why I have the dumbass title, Chelsea Loves Movies. And <laughs> I'm actually... That's the point. I mean, no, 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 no dancing it's about great, it. It's a you know? perfect it's, title. It's There's no fat on that title. No, it's a perfect a title bit. for a website. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll dip into the pretentious film critic side just because I've been a film student for a while now. Like, not officially, but like... <laughs> she, she means she listens to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, every once in a while, I'll start, like, saying shit that I'm like, ugh, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I think once there's this thing you have to constantly fight against yourself to not be that person who can't see movies from any other perspective than a, than a person that has seen all the movies. Yeah. And as you gradually continue to watch and watch more and more, you lose or have the potential to lose any connection with the with the with the common viewer that you were once at some point in your life. So I, it, it, it's good because I never read one of your reviews and think that's a pretentious asshole. But there's always the potential for anybody. Any, I mean, we definitely do. It, it's it's a noble goal for you to set for yourself. And uh, tell us where you're where you're from. I am from Georgia. I'm from a little town called Dublin, Georgia. Very cool. Like Ireland, Dublin, Ireland. Yep, just like in Ireland. Oh, that's yeah, super oh my cool. god. Every fucking thing is an Irish theme in this town. I swear to. F- <laughs> like, like, no there, way. There wow. is an entire. There is a tire center down the street that their their mascot is a leprechaun fighting a tire. Like everything. <laughs> That's <laughs> everything. Jesus That's on That's the nose. Esoteric. We, maybe. Even, <laughs> we even have like fucking exchange programs with the Dublin Ireland Dublin. Oh it's that, well, that makes sense. Oh my god. That's brilliant. Anyway. Enough town talk. <laughs> so where can we find you online, miss? Um, you can find me online at at Jana Williford on Twitter, even though I don't go by Jana Williford, but that's my name on Twitter. Very cool. That's it. And I'll put a link to her, her her website in the show notes so that you guys can head on over there and talk to Chelsea. But before we actually cut to film quotes read by tweens, what did you think of the last race, Chelsea? The Formula One race that we <laughs> talked about a little bit earlier? Um, I was actually really pleased. I've always liked Valtteri Bottas, so to see him finally win one was like really good for me very cool yeah the race was in russia for everyone who cares that one person that one special person out there oh my god did you see how fucking uncomfortable they all looked when vladimir putin was meeting with them holy shit they no i mean jesus (laughs) christ wouldn't you be they were all like oh god we're about to die we're about to die like you can see it in their faces they were like oh shit just imagine if one person had refused to shake his hand oh my god that guy would have never left Sochi. On the on the NBC <laughs> on the NBC stream, the the commentator when they the the champagne music started playing before he was off the stage, they were like hey, the guy was mumbling, "Don't spray Vladimir Putin, don't spray Vladimir Putin." I was like, "You don't have to." Oh, I was man. like, "You don't have to tell them. They fucking know not to spray Vladimir Putin with champagne." Yeah, exactly. Now nah, it was okay race. There was no overtaking. I didn't particularly have that much fun. And plus, I mean, I have a feed here, uh, which I'm lucky enough to have. But at the same time, TSN, you are fucktards i want you to fix your goddamn app and so i try to stream it to my television through my apple tv and they it always it's always jittery so you'll see a car at one point and then it freezes for half a second and then it, and plus formula one half a second is a goddamn lifetime uh, it's just fucking annoying but anyway yeah i was hoping that vettel was going to pass him at the I end was too a little bit you know you just want to see an overtake there were no overtakes in the race so that was a bit hard with the wider cars this year so also it's been it's been so long since there was like a end of the race overtake too. I think the last yeah. one that I remember was at uh, the Montreal race like several years ago when Jensen Button passed Sebastian Vettel at like right at the finish line. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, because I, I, that was the race I didn't go to. And it was the one that was drenched in rain. Yeah. And that's it. So this is going to be my sixth time going this year. But we're not going to go in the stands. We actually just bought general admission tickets for the three days, which is great. Is Instead of costing me... $575 for a seat, which I normally would pay oh because that's the one thing that I do every year is I, Burn that's my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, people, people say that, but it's for all three days. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will go to a hockey game or a football game. And I mean, they're paying $150 a ticket. 
I get to go see the one thing I like for three fucking days, party with some friends. Fair enough. Kind of like like a music festival or something. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, the general mood at the at the at the at the track. There's no fighting. It's not like the like people yelling in the stands. Like <laughs> it's a, mostly a yawns of exhaustion and boredom. <laughs> I want to bring our listeners back in with some like totally uh, outsider comment. Like, oh my god, guys, are you hyped for Cars Three? <laughs> I had to sit through in session film talking about football. They can indulge me talking for five minutes with the only person I know online that watches F1. <laughs> anyway, so my tickets this year are costing me $65. Wow. I'm going to bring my own fucking chair, and it's just because I want to be part of the event. I don't yeah. have to have a really a good vantage point or anything like that. I'm going to go sit next to a gate, and I'm going to watch these cars zip by. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, uh, because Guardians of the Galaxy have come out this week, I'm going to get my daughters to quote some Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Stay tuned for film quotes read by tweens. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Hi, I'm David Hart, host of Pop Culture Case Study, a podcast that analyzes film from a psychological angle. On Thursdays, we take a look at an older movie, pick a theme, and then apply the research that has been in the psychological field to it. Then on Monday, we tie all of that to a new release. Lastly, there's a section of the show called Fangirl Fixation, dedicated to my wife Britt's ongoing film education. We discuss older films that she's recently seen, as well as the upcoming releases for that week. You can find Pop Culture Case Study on your podcast player of choice, and I will be there, as always, diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you watch. Every week on Real Spoilers, what we do is we take that week's big release on the weeks that we guess right, and we spoil it for you. So if you saw a movie and you want to talk about it with your friends, but maybe maybe you don't have any friends, we can be your friends in podcast form. We'll talk about the movie in rich, vibrant detail, and it's kind of like a book club for movies. Yeah, we're so, just a bunch of movie nerds. Yeah, and you know? so it's just a long-form conversation about the movie, going through its plot, talking about what worked, and uh, a lot of times what didn't, and making fun of it when it doesn't work. And if you like the show, feel free to share it on uh, your Facebook, social media, Twitter, verse, thing, stuff. So that's what we do on Real Spoilers. It's like a book club for movies, only with less Oprah. And now we get into the segment of the show that is called What Did You Watch This Week? Where we ask the question to our guest, the special Chelsea, Miss, what did you watch this week? Well, you caught me on a good week this week because I was trying to ignore school stuff. Um, <laughs> good stuff. I actually only watched two new things and then I watched a shitload of stuff I've seen before. Um, yep. Perfect. I, I appreciate that. Go ahead. I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> uh, well, actually, it was my last film review. Uh, I watched Gifted, the Chris Evans movie. Right. And it was actually a lot better than most people say it was, but that could just be me. I'm like a, I'm a fan of predictable, sentimental movies that are purely designed to make you cry. So it worked for me. It does seem like a, a Sunday afternoon no thrills kind of film. Yep. And that's exactly what I watched it. It was like, I was checking to see when it came on during the week. And then I saw that there was one, a showing starting in an hour and it was Sunday. And I was like, 
screw it, I'm going to go see it. And I grabbed my sister and my brother and we just went and watched it and sat and cried in the back row. I haven't seen Gifted. Uh, I like Chris Evans. I think he's a great... Uh... Chris Evans, was he was actually really good. But uh, no, I, I, I'll check it out eventually. I, I'm not... No, but nobody's I, it's dying like the to first see it. Kind of film that I'm drawn into. Exactly, it's not the kind. Yeah. It's kind of thing that I. I don't know. Maybe I, I'll need a good cry or some shit. We and all then do. I'll, I'll put that on. I would definitely recommend Gifted as long as you don't go into it expecting like an Oscars film. If you just go into it thinking, yeah, this is like a really, really better version of a Hallmark movie, then you're gonna love it. Perfectly fair. That sounds perfectly fair. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll, I'll actually, I'll call my mom after the show. Yeah. She'll probably love it. Probably. It's the kind of movie that she it really It has its likes. place. So that's good. Never to All be right. dismissed. Yeah. All right, Chelsea, what else? Well, I watched Jaws again for like the 40th time. because yeah, Never a bad nice. time to watch Jaws. That's what the paper I'm supposed to be writing right now is about. I'm making some bullshit up about semiotics in Jaws because I have to, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That actually sounds yeah. interesting, though. It sounds like the kind of shit Not we do really. in this I'm show. Not really. I'm making everything up. <laughs> but that sounds exactly oh, okay. like the well, shit we do in this show. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. Uh... <laughs> I listened to our last episode. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have to thank everyone for tuning into that. I was, fuck, I had fun. <laughs> and so do that, Chelsea. Try to make it so obnoxious. <laughs> that oh, actually I, sounds good. <laughs> I definitely plan to. I have all these, like essays that are super pretentious that i'm going to like draw on so it's great, great. awesome that sounds fantastic way to, way to drain the life out of i Jaws. love that movie <laughs> i love that movie it's like such a good movie but the concepts i'm trying to tie it to are just totally shit like there is no connection at all i'm just gonna make it work good that's what essay writing is yeah that's that's what they make you do <laughs> yeah exactly you see that those two things that don't go together make them go together cool all right and what else did you procrastinate with this uh, this week chelsea i watched desolation of smog for the 800th time no nope. that was nope. fun it's yes desolation. is that the is Shut that the, her third Rahabit movie second one it's the second one it's the best it's of the three it is Shut up, Lee. I fucking love it. It's actually the best of the three. I agree with her. It is the best of the three because I can't watch. The first one just never starts and the third one never ends. So I'm glad there's a middle. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, the second one is prolonged limbo. (laughs) Right between. Which is fantastic. I love the adventure aspect. And the, the second one is nothing but adventure. Like, there's never a dull moment to me. Oh, I disagree with that, though, but but (laughs) keep going. I love the Hobbit films. I love the Lord of the Rings films. From Desolation of Smog, there is that sense of adventure, and it does start out pretty well, but it gets so bogged down in, like, total meandering crap, and, and and the actual adventure itself, it always felt illogical to me it, 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 like it took turns that didn't feel like no it's the decisions made by the gang don't make sense that's the kind of annoying shit you know they, they get all the way to the top of the mountain and then the moon doesn't shine on on the cliff face for about two seconds and they go like our mission was a total failure and then you're you're watching gandalf stuck against a rock somewhere going like i i think i think the reveal's gonna be sauron mm, maybe <laughs> i don't know i just i like that they expanded upon the book. The Hobbit was the book that I actually liked. I didn't like the Lord of the Rings books. They were fucking boring. <laughs> but the reason I liked the Lord of the Rings movies is the same reason I liked the expansion of The Hobbit because it focuses more on the characters and 
it's still you know adventure but i like getting to know the characters better as well well good i like editing characters that weren't there like a lot of people are like oh how the fuck did you do that but i love it like thranduil is my favorite person in desolation of smog and he was like not even named in the books so that like whole expansionary story there just made me happy like my favorite part of that movie is at the very end when you see the dragon like flying off towards lake town and it's just like so like oh man fuck that's cool. yeah it's, that was great it's, cool ending. It, it's just ruined the fucking opening of the third film when the guy is just looking for a goddamn arrow and you know exactly what's going to happen <laughs> and they tried to build tension when i'm like dude i remember watching valkyrie and i know that tom cruise is going to fail at killing hitler that's no, a beautiful really. sentence when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> but I mean, this the scene where th- with the briefcase under the table, it, you, you Singer shoots it so well. It's probably the only movie I actually really like of him, uh, Usual Suspects as well, where he actually knows how to build tension really, really well. And y- he gets you to start thinking, fuck, I think this might succeed. In The Hobbit at the beginning with the arrow, you know in advance that he's going to actually be able to slay the dragon. So... To me, it just goes on way too long. You know, it's just, it never really, I was like, why is this going on? It goes over the point of where you're expecting it to happen into boredom. And so... <laughs> I never got to see the the uh, the exciting uh, ending until a year later because I actually left this film in the cinema. <laughs> Desolation of oh, Simone. Wow. It's okay. something I don't, I can't do anymore. Although I wish sometimes. I did. I caught up with the end of Desolation of Smog, and uh, it is a good ending. That doesn't right. change the fact that yeah. at two arm at the two arm mark, we've got Gandalf pinned against the wall and saying, "It's him! It's him, Sauron!" I was like, "Oh my god, this is the most obvious fucking!" It's they've been beating this over the head for an hour. <laughs> it's like it's it's time for me to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe you walked out of that. <laughs> Very few films. That and Pirates of the Caribbean 4 and Australia. I haven't seen either of them. No, I recommend you don't. You know, the, <laughs> the only movie the only movie I've ever been at that I saw people actually walking out was La La Land. And that kind of wow. sucked because the best part of that movie is the ending. Like, I hated the first third of that movie. I hated it. But then the ending was worth the payoff. And then all these people had walked out before it got to the good part. And I'm like, well... Fuck, now you don't even know what that, you missed. Well, that's fair. That's weird. Uh, they did miss something worth seeing, at least. Whether it made the, the whole movie worth watching. <laughs> but cool. Um, anything else, Chelsea? Any last ones before we move on? Um, Last night I watched a really good one. Uh, on Netflix, I watched this French film called Being 17. That I heard about that. It was actually... Yeah, it was actually really... It was, it was weird and... There are a lot of things that I think could have been done better, but for some reason, I still really liked it. It was kind of like, um, there were a lot of things that they touched on but didn't explore to the extent they should have. And there are a lot of things that I don't think they earned. But at the same time, it's such an interesting film. That's one of those that, like, movie lovers, like cinephiles, they will love this movie because there's all these interesting, like, this, they play with jump cuts. Oh, cool! And the the, the landscape. It's got, it's got just, craft like, in it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think someone just found this really beautiful town in like the mountains of France. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna make a movie <laughs> just so I can shoot here." And it ended up being really good. It was kind of like they're nothing alike, but 
my mind connects it kind of with Chunking Express. If you ever seen that one, it doesn't make sense, but I still love it for some reason. That was kind of how this one was. Okay. Like the story was kind of, you know, they didn't earn what they did, but it was still really good. I definitely recommend it. I'm going to watch it again to see if like on second viewing, it makes any more sense or mm. maybe I hate it. We'll find out. <laughs> cool. I'll definitely put that down. So being 17 is going on the list as well. I'll check that out. Uh, I'm not a fan of Chunking Express. I, I tried watching it. I used to own the, the Criterion Blu-ray. And when I saw it was going for like 100 bucks on eBay, I sold it because I didn't give a shit about having it. And uh, yeah, I know every time I talk to like some cinephiles, they're like, you got rid of that. I'm like, yeah. And it felt good because I, I was able to take my family out for a really awesome sushi supper. So Excellent. Those all seem like interesting choices, especially Desolation of Smaug. Moving on, Lee. <laughs> I agree. What did you watch this week, sir? <laughs> uh, you know what? I watched very little that wasn't Mad Men. Uh, so, uh, and I'm not even. Cool. Gonna, I'm not really going to talk about Mad Men because you know what? Either you've watched it and you don't need to hear it. Or you haven't watched it, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't need to hear it until you watch it. So, um, I'm just going to say that Mad Men has entirely consumed my life, as it should, and that I will be done with it in far shorter amount of time than I ever could have predicted. But I'm totally hooked on it. It's easily shaping up to be one of my favorite shows, and that's I, you know I never really considered the idea of favorite shows, but I think it's something that. They play around with the gears in your head a little, and they make you think about who you are a lot more, and what you could be, or what you should avoid being, which is mostly the case in, in Mad Men. I'm constantly absorbing these characters, and that's going to end up changing me a little. And that's how I kind of know that it's a good show, because I'm giving it the time of day to fucking do its work. But adoring it, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I really need to check that one out, because I'm sure I would like it. I just mm. never... Like I'm, I'm several seasons behind on shit that I know I love. Yeah. So it's hard for me to get into new shows just because I know in the back of my mind, look, you still haven't watched. Like I still haven't watched past season one of Peaky Blinders, and that was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, so like, man. I struggle to get into new things. But I mean, Mad Men's AMC. Pretty much anything on AMC is quality. Sure. So I know I, w- I should like it. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I, I usually avoid doing TV shows. I I'd almost certainly avoid recommendations of TV shows because I'm so picky about what I dedicate that amount of time to. And and like you, I have a million and one things I know I need to be going through. This was just one of those ones that I had heard so many times and it just ended up happening. And I'm glad we got there. But And I, you, will, it, you will definitely love it when you get there. But it's not going anywhere. So... Finish Piggy Blinders. <laughs> yeah. I watch a shitload of TV already, so yeah. I'm always behind. <laughs> See, I don't, so I'm very choicy about what I what I watch next on TV, because it's so consuming. So, yeah, the only film that I really wanted to talk about um, was The Promise. Uh, I've seen it as, as, a, as a, at a press screening with Ashleen from, our, from Big Picture Reviews. So, I, it was weird. They, uh, <laughs> the press screening itself was very strange. Because it was clearly organized, like I got, I got my invitation from E1, the the producers, the, the distributors of the film. I think nice. But the actual um, people that were there, it seemed to have been organized by uh, like a Christian international like conglomerate of some description no. or welfare thing. And the, the, That's the so sphere, cool. 
the screen was packed out with there was like maybe two other critics and everything else. Everyone else was uh was like a churchgoer or somebody yeah, on the board of this. Was there for the punch at the end of the fucking yeah. screening. Is there a ritual was... suicide shit going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was bizarre when they started flooding in. They were kind of there, they had their drinks in hand and their popcorn and they were they were talking over the film and stuff because they all knew each other. It was it, it was adorable. Uh <laughs> but we also got little booklets like and it said like like church statement on it. You know, and there was like prayers in the, <laughs> there was prayers inside the in the booklet. Oh, no. I was I was oh, not God. I was not the person they were aiming me to be, you know, I am not that guy that they wanted to be at that screening. <laughs> Oh man, that's brilliant! Uh, oh, but what an experience! So fucking weird. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> directed by Terry George, the uh, the um, screenwriter on In the Name of the Father and The Boxer, and I think he was director of Hotel Rwanda. Uh, he's he's from Ireland, although I think he's also from Northern Ireland, so he's definitely from here somewhere. And uh, it starred Oscar Isaac, Christian Bale, and Charlotte Le Bon. Yeah, so it was like um. It's a two and a half hour film. It was about this guy who gets a dowry from agreeing to marry a woman in his town. And he uses that dowry to go and educate himself to be a doctor. And when he goes to Constantinople to be a doctor and he lives with some family there and he's studying, that's just as the the, the sort of first waves of the Armenian genocide start to start to take part and it's it's actually it's in these parts of the film it's pretty gripping uh where it's kind of showing the inside of what it was like to be there at that time there's some really very frightening scenes as it breaks down that stuff the thing is the film structures much heavier around a romance a sort of three-way romance between those three actors I named uh, where Oscar Isaac falls for Charlotte Le Bon's character, but Charlotte Le Bon is in a relationship with American journalist Christian Bale, and there's sort of a will-they-won't-they-get-together thing, but he has made the promise to marry this woman back in his town, so he, even though he sleeps with her. Anyway, <laughs> it's... The romance is terrible. And I mean terrible in that it is dull. And very predictable. And I think the thing that kind of... It's kind of like a bad version of Titanic. And I mean that in that... And that's under the assumption that people generally assume Titanic to be a good example of Titanic. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, I mean, it's... Uh, it, it was an exhausting movie. <laughs> Two and a half hours long. Not a very good romance. Not a very interesting character. And this sort of... This important background that was being overshadowed. It was incredible. And it reminded me a lot of like the critical fictions... It's, it's something I've talked about before where like it's it's a film in which we use a very contemporary and accessible medium to explore not very contemporary ideas and I think the Ar Armenian genocide is one that's very interesting to focus on because not a lot of people know what that is and so the idea is you put that in a film that uh, is is and you know your your mother can watch and your sister can go and all have a day out and watch. The Armenian Genocide, Un unbeknowing, you know, and good ideas like that, you know. Sutropolis is maybe an on-the-nose version of that, where you use a kid's movie to look at racial bias. Uh, or Moana's a maybe less obvious one, in that you use this sort of kid's movie to look at, or, or understanding to what extent conservative values are useful in societal progress. At least that's what I got from the film. <laughs> 
Uh, those are kind of good examples. Bad example is when you have a film where the romance doesn't feel earned, interesting, constantly on and off, and seems the, the screenplay wants seems to want to continually relegate it to the side, to the background, but it never quite gets out of the way. Uh, okay. And it really... It has to be good for this to work out. It has to be good for critical fictions to be accessible because the, you have to at least have standard or template to make people give a shit about what you're actually learning in the background. And it, it doesn't hit that mark. It doesn't quite catch there. So then if it's not a, if it's a standard story told poorly and a critical fiction that's distracted in its telling, then you have a story that almost entirely fails. And that's kind of my end opinion on The Promise. It was a story that two and a half hours in, I couldn't wait to leave. <laughs> so, wow. And that's really unfortunate because there was potential there and it, I, I felt uh, pretty heavily squandered. It sounds like Titanic to me because like my problem with Titanic was always, I wanted to know about the Titanic. I didn't give a shit about the love story. Like, that's the reason I hate Titanic, because, like, there's this yeah. fascinating event that's, like, a big part of history, and then, like, that's the backdrop to this shitty romance, and that's kind of what it sounds like you're describing. Yeah, wow. I mean, it but is, it's know. kind of that template, but I, I like the romance in Titanic a little. Uh, it's told well, you know, so that's why people are interested in the backstory. Uh, an important historical event hidden under romance, that's a good critical fiction, mm -hmm. because people are absorbed by the romance enough. Maybe not yourself, but most people kind of grip by it, and then they learn a little about the Titanic. That's not going to happen for The Promise. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Titanic, for me, has always been a movie about um, something that just wasn't meant to be. Mm -hmm. You know, the boat acting as a metaphor for their relationship as much as their relationship acting as a metaphor for the boat. You know, where you're like, oh, yeah. I mean... This the, the boat on the water wasn't meant to make it to the other place, just the same way as that their relationship is going to be broken as well. It wasn't meant to be because of class division and whatnot. So, but class division is yeah. a good one to bring up as well because that's that's definitely another important thing Titanic gets across really well yeah. through the romance. So it's perfectly kind of balanced that way. You know, you learn something about classified in that era. That was like the one thing about Titanic I really did enjoy. I liked the way they handled the class division thing. I just didn't really buy the romance. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just looking at it differently. I just didn't buy the way the relationship was built, I guess. Because huh. you were looking at the classified and said, this would never well, happen. Like, <laughs> it just, it didn't, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't like the way it was written or something. Oh, I mean, it's very black and white. I mean, that's James yeah. Cameron yeah. for you. I mean, we talked about it when we were talking about the, uh, Terminator 2, remember, Lee? And, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, it's just these very, very simple structures that he uses. But it Accessible. sounds to me like the promise. Yeah, exactly. It sounds to me like the promise bit off a little bit more than they could chew. The way that you're explaining it. Absolutely. Anyway, that's that. That's that's my film for the week, Jason. If if you want to oh, take okay. us somewhere. Uh, I uh, I went on a I went on a binge actually this week uh, with my daughters, and I went on a Jim Gaffigan binge, and I went on a Tom Cruise binge. Uh, which is a very strange mix because you have a really out of shape guy and a very in shape guy. And so um, my eldest daughter is getting to the age where she can actually start watching comedy shows. And the reason the, I, I just tested it because my daughters had been watching Moana, which I've been put through and kind of like it. I kind of don't like it as well. Um, the songs are catchy as hell. And I think that's where I have trouble with it because it got to the point where I went to bed at night and I could no longer not have 
You're Welcome or the other fucking song she sings. And now yeah. I'm talking about it and I can still, they're there. There's yeah, an oh, echo yeah. in the back right of back. my head. <laughs> they never and leave. I, I was just getting angry because here I was in the car driving to work, listening to Meshuga, just like pummeling my head with the like the best heavy metal I could find just so I could get the fucking Moana songs out of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely need a cleanser of therapy. <laughs> yeah, it was just weird. And so at one point we were sitting down for supper. And sometimes, you know, when the kids come back from their mother's place, you know, I will pick them up at school, and it's usually Friday night. It's going to be our movie night, and we'll sit down and make nachos, and we'll we'll sit down at the at the at the TV and watch something together, which is always fun. You know, and we'd done it in the past with Rogue One and Force Awakens whenever it came out on home video. But this week happened to be Moana, and. This was like the fifth time that they watched it, and I just wanted to kill everyone uh, at the end of it. Not, but not my family, but I mean everyone on screen. I know they're fictional characters. My, don't send the police. <laughs> and so at one point, I just couldn't take it anymore. We were watching Moana again, and I said to them, listen, girls, I love you very much, but I am on the cusp of hating this fucking movie. And I don't want to hate it because I think it's a really fun movie. Although I think people made a big deal out of it, and it's not that great. But it's fun. It's a fun movie. I like The Rocks. Uh, he, I don't know how he got his charisma to shine through that character. But you could, you're like, how the fuck does he do it? He's great. And so I basically turned it off and I looked to Leslie and I said, what do you want to watch? And she said, can we find a comedy show that's acceptable for them? And I was going through all my stuff and I was like, oh, Jim Gaffigan. I think they'd like that. And so what I put on is I put on um, Senko, his latest uh, comedy special. And right. my youngest daughter, who's nine didn't get much of the jokes. She was just sitting there, Dad, Dad, can we put on Rogue One? And I was like, as much as I know you're playing to my sentimentality, you're not going to win this round, baby. Because I can see <laughs> that I can see that your sister is really enjoying this. And mm. it was really a weird moment for me because I was happy she was enjoying it. But then the father in me was like, oh my God, she's growing up and I'm getting old and I hated it. But it was fun because we could actually sit there and we, we went through uh, three shows that night of uh, of Jeff Gaffigan's. We went through Cinco, Obsessed, and Mr. Universe. And the following night, we watched King Baby. So we went through uh, four of his comedy specials that are available on Netflix. Uh, I also have Beyond the Pale here on, on uh, DVD that we actually might watch this week as well. Um, cool. And so when they were off to bed, I, I was still in a comedy mood. And so I decided to put on Trevor Noah's Afraid of the Dark. And I really liked that comedy special too. I had seen yeah. one of Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah's older specials and i wasn't particularly a fan but his most mm. recent one uh, is really good uh, his observations are fucking amazing so if you guys want to have some good laughs revisit old jim gaffigan stand-up comedy and give trevor noah's a watch for uh, afraid of the dark uh, everything's available on netflix right now and um i was gearing up you guys won't hear the episode for a while but uh mike dennison from war machine versus warhorse uh, I had no idea he had another show called Original Remake, and so I, I followed them. I didn't know he did it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's him. It's him and Peter from uh, Podstalgic. Podstalgic, I think that it's called. Right. And the funny thing is, is that Mike knows that I like Tom Cruise. I, I've always loved Tom Cruise very much because whenever, whatever the fuck part he's playing in a movie, he always gives a hundred and ten percent. And if he could give a hundred and twenty, he would do it. Yeah. I mean, like, I think at, at this point, we if we can't say a bad word about Jack Reacher, and we uh, Jack Reacher exactly. two, 
And if, and you know, and we utterly praise Magnolia, then we've pretty much hit both ends of the spectrum as far as Tom Cruise is concerned. Exactly. (laughs) And I mean, it's a wide range, but at the same time, Mm. it's a range that I find acceptable. And I find that he is an example for all those Hollywood pricks out there that phone in performances (laughs) regularly. It's fucking annoying to see Jennifer Lawrence in an X-Men film where you're like, could you? Where it could be Tom Cruise. (laughs) It could be Tom Cruise playing Mystique. Fucking hell, man. It'd be so awesome to see that. I'm gonna bum you. I'm gonna bum you guys out a lot. I've seen like three Tom Cruise movies ever. Don't. That's not bumming me out. That's okay. That's perfectly fine. It is fine. surprising though. He's very accessible. Yep. I I just very much. I've seen two of the Mission Impossible movies, most recent ones, and then I saw Top Gun and Tropic Thunder, and I think that's uh, War of the Worlds. That's it. That is. Oh, it. That's good. That's a pretty good range. That, yeah, yeah, that is a range. Definitely that a range. Is a pretty good range. <laughs> oh wait, I forgot. He's in Interview with the Vampire. I saw that too. I just—he's really wow. Yeah. I totally forget that's him. That's a good thing. <laughs> and that's it. So I oh I had to revisit Top Gun and Days of Thunder. The theme of the episode was going to be Tom Cruise's need for speed. <laughs> And it was really, really fun. So I had to sit down and watch Top Gun and Days of Thunder. And uh, I had fun watching both of them. It's not movies that I... I have a special affection like you'll hear on that episode if you if you listen to it uh, for Top Gun because of my father. Days of Thunder is... Mm. I've seen the movie twice now. Um, I might watch Doing it again before I die. better than most people have seen Days of Thunder. <laughs> but I don't know. There's, but I'm just saying maybe, maybe not, you know. So anyway, and so I decided to put my kids through... Um, Collateral and uh, much, much to David's and Mike's. They were telling me like, what the fuck? Why are you putting your 11 year old and your ninth year old through that? And I was like, because it's fine. It's not a big deal. There's no. To teach them a little bit about Tom Cruise's rage. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I remember my, I remember my dad fucking selling this film to me. It's like, you've seen Tom Cruise. He like, obviously he's a fan of Tom Cruise. Like you've seen Tom Cruise, but have you seen evil Tom Cruise? <laughs> like, exactly. I have that not. That was a selling point, man. <laughs> the other thing is, is that uh, Leslie is not particularly a fan of Tom Cruise. So I, uh, I put on Rogue Nation and Leslie really enjoyed it. And she was like, okay, I kind of see what you're talking about in terms of what he does. And I says all the stunts that he pulls off. And then we actually sat down and watched Missing Impossible 3. And she was like, well, this is actually really good too. I had a fun time watching this film. And she says, what other Mission Impossibles are there? I said, well, if that's three and the other one's five, you're missing three. And so I put on Ghost Protocol for her. She really enjoyed that. And I said, we're not going to watch the John Woo one, number two, fuck that. And so she still has to watch the uh, the, the original, original 1996 uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, so I put myself through those, uh, which are, I love them. I love those movies. Don't watch number two. It's really bad. I don't like it. Even <laughs> even how campy of, it can be. I think a lot of people will probably not care too much anymore for the first one as well. It's very it's very trial and error. It had a lot to do with the original show it was based on. And yeah, I mean, but uh, the, I, re- the I rewatched Palma. it lately. It, it's 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 good. It's just. Yeah. It's yeah. It doesn't flow like you think it does. <laughs> no, I, I know, but that's what I thought was cool because coming out in the 90s, this one wanted to have more of a, a spy thriller yeah. vibe to it as opposed Definitely. to an action film that they are now. Because, I mean, look at James Bond was was waning at this period and they were like, this is our time to capitalize. We could become the next and spy they franchise. they were right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so now it's gone to in a different direction because that's the way movies are right now. But I mean, they're not doing a bad job. Anyway, being on the whole Tom Cruise thing brought me to exactly what Chelsea mentioned earlier. I sat down and watched Tropic Thunder. Uh, I fucking love that movie. I love that movie too. It's so much fucking fun. 
I just love it. Uh, it's still one that I've 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 never seen. Uh, I've seen his I've seen some of his bits in it, but I've never. It it was so big too when I was a teenager and it came out. Everybody seen it. You know, it yeah. was like the most talked about film in, at the fucking schoolyard that year. But like, I you know just I still have to get around to it. Ah, oh, it's great, man. I mean, I still remember when I was working at HMV and I tweeted this out just before I actually started watching. Uh, well, when they, they had these fake trailers at the beginning <laughs> of Tropic Thunder that are really funny. And I remember working at HMV and Tropic Thunder had just come out and there's this lady that had probably bought it on, on DVD. And she came to talk to me at the cache and asked me, do you have, and this is in French, mind you. So she had no idea what the fuck she was asking. So the name was all fucked up. And the title of the film was all fucked up. And that's what I had to do is find what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> and so she comes up to me and she asks me, do you have Jeff Portneuve's The Patties? And I was like, <laughs> Jeff Portneuve The Patties. I was like, is that a Quebec film? And she says, no, it's uh, there's a trailer that's playing in front of a movie with uh, this other guy in it. And she oh, couldn't name no. the other fucking guy. And this is... Fucking typical HMV shit, you know. If they're not singing a song, they're describing an actor they don't know. <laughs> and so eventually it started dawning on me <laughs> that she was talking about Jeff Portnoy and she was looking for the fatties part two. Fart two, I should say. <laughs> and I couldn't, I was shocked. I was shocked because I said to her, you didn't understand that this was a fake trailer for a movie that doesn't exist with the dude that's in the film? And she was like, she says, no. She says, I thought the movie looked good. And I says, they're sitting around a table farting. What do you mean the movie looked good? That's all it was. And I mean, her husband was standing Incredible. next to her. The husband was standing next to her and I could see him contemplating divorce just a little bit. I'm surprised he wasn't like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> And it's Get just this for me, wife, please. Thing where I, I had to take a minute. I went to see my boss and I was like, you mind if I sit down for a second? I think I just met the most retarded person on the planet. <laughs> Asking me for a fucking fake trailer from a fake actor. She couldn't tell it was Jack Black either. That's the fucked up part. And I was like, didn't you notice that that's Jack Black? That's not Jeff Portnoy. What are you talking about? This made no sense to me. The trailer, the other trailer, the one, the Satan's Alley trailer, that ruined silence for me. Like, every time I saw someone talking about silence, all I pictured was the tra the fake trailer for Satan's Alley at the beginning of the show. But I just love the title of that film and what it says. It's so weird. That's so, oh, like, on the so nose. Funny. It's like, no sodomy. You're like, oh, that's all it is. That's all it is, is no sodomy. Anyway, which leads me to the last thing I watched. So, I, obviously, I recommend all of the Tom Cruise stuff that I said, the Trevor Noah show and the Jim Gaffigan show. But I want to talk to Lee a little bit. I know that, Chelsea, I don't want to ruin anything for you. So, I watched the OA, the Brit Marling uh Zal but Mandli, which I which which I recommended in the previous next episode. Exactly. So I after like listening to you, you and do Tom what I do not do it. and take TV recommendations. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it was I was sold. Jason Isaacs is there. Britt Marling is there as well. I thought that was great. I'm a, I'm a little on the fence about the, the show. I, I really appreciate how it's done. Uh, I I like the the cinematography is fucking brilliant. The one thing that I'm a little bit hesitant about is the overall message. I understand the 
the storytelling aspect and how it is important in order to get people to act and react to specific situation and how stories give strength to individuals over time if you let it kind of in, like if you just take it inside you and let it work its magic. However, I would say that this is a lady in the water done well, if you will. Right. And sure. I I'm a little bit torn because as much as there was that M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end of the OA, I was expecting it and I was hoping he didn't go in the direction that he did. I totally appreciate that. And I, got, I did have misgivings about it too. I think the issue when these shows all come out and then they stop and we don't get something for another year yeah. is that that's not the the mode they're supposed to be viewed in. They're no, a continuous story. and and But I totally get where you're frustrated and I was frustrated too because I, I was actually relieved that it ended the way it did. But at the, at the same time, it was building a lot of red herrings I wasn't appreciating. Uh, and I was actually thankful that it did the smart thing and sort of redeemed itself just by the very end. But at the same time, I, I get what you mean. It was kind of, I felt it was predictable. I mean, I've, I've asked others and they didn't think it was predictable at all. Okay. Uh, but I think I side more with you in that it... It definitely could have gone either way, and I am definitely a little more on the fan. I'm, it does, for me, depend a lot on how it, where it goes next. But I still feel it was it was a, a wonderfully tight package that you could take and leave as is. It's not perfect, but it, had, had I watched it as a teenager, I would be obsessed with it. You know, I'd be always trying to think about what, happened, oh, yeah. what does it mean, what happens next. I think at the age I am... It doesn't have the the sheer obsession impact it's it could have had, right. but it reminds me a lot of like stories like the the His Dark Materials books, uh, things that I did genuinely when I read as a teenager. I just totally absorbed in, and I don't even think they're perfect books. I just think that they were important to me when I was growing up, and I think the OA has the potential to be like that for somebody. Very, right. lots of interesting conventions told well in a very open ended sort of structure. Right. That's. I think that's something to, to always promote. Oh, I get it. You said there were red herrings all over the place. I, even like the, the first show when you see Steve having sex, I was like, is this going to lead to anything? And I was like, oh, fuck, they didn't put that in just for a hook, did they? Were you going to see tits <laughs> in the first episode like they did with Game of Thrones? And then they just, nope, no more tits for the rest of the season. And I, I was yeah. kind of like, I didn't need it that. I didn't need that as, as a character no, motivation. He busts the wall. I get that. So there were things that were thrown in that I thought didn't serve the narrative the way it should have, you know? And so now I'm hoping that you're right in saying that these, some of these threads are going to be tied together because I enjoyed Jason Isaac's character. However, if the OA is telling this story, how the fuck does she have his point of view? There is a specific scene where he goes to a morgue and she's not yeah, there. How the exactly. fuck does she know that? And so to me, that is going to be a loose end of that. That if they don't tie up, it's going to weigh heavy on me. I, I agree. I, I picked up on that too. There's lots of theories and speculation online. But yeah, okay. I, I have a lot of ideas about what his character really is. And it's very interesting to even speculate. And not, not even that side of the, the show is hard to do. So I think it, it right. needs credit there, you know. I get it. But I no, you're totally you're totally being you're totally being fair <laughs> and reasonable, and it's it's a very rational way of looking at it. <laughs> I can't. The thing is, is that I can recommend this to specific people. I cannot yeah, I know, recommend I... it to again. I like using my parents as as a gauge. 
this is not the kind of thing that I could show my mom. My dad might be able to get invested in in it a little bit more. Uh, my girlfriend loved it. She loved Good. it. However, the ending, it fucked with her too. I'm positive, like you said, there's multiple layers so that if I sit through it a second time, I'll pick up on shit I hadn't seen before. The same way as when you're reading a book. You know, when you're reading a book, you'll be able to go through it one pass and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. And then you'll be able to go through it a second time. You're like, oh, motherfucker, I didn't know that you had planted the seed here. You know, so this is kind of interesting. It might be good to go back and rewatch it. But initial reaction is I'm reserved. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I'm not 100% sold on it yet. Perfectly fair. So that was me for this week. Um, I have a bunch of other shit I could talk about, but that's enough. Uh, shall we close this out? Sounds good, man. Yep. All right. Chelsea, I want to thank you so much for coming on to thank you for this being on episode the show. Yeah, of Atlantic SC next. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have Chelsea again. This is You Absolutely. are one of my favorite people online. And if I could give you a giant fucking hug, I would. Oh, thank you. You are a total enigma, too. I, I, we, I share almost none of your opinions. It's incredible. <laughs> Uh, I wanna, I wanna just give a quick shout out to everyone that's tuned in to our Fate of episode, the Fate of the Furious episode. This is, a, this was a shock to Lee and I uh, that it was so well received because when we sat down to record it, we were thinking of ourselves, selfish bastards that we are. We were like, you know what? <laughs> we know that everyone's going to say that this is a terrible film. Why not we? Why don't we try to make it interesting for us? Like I said on the show, and I never thought that people would actually tune in to an episode this fucking weird i mean i have i have i want to say thank you chelsea was one of them i have your quote right here if i die because i laughed my way into crashing my car blame atlantic (laughs) sc thank you everyone for tuning into that show it's my ridiculous after our miracle on 34th street it's my favorite episode i love it's always the ones that are out of character exactly more more importantly in character and like just being ourselves those are always the ones that were like ah nobody will love this it's ours exactly it's (laughs) it's weird that this one's done so well so thank you so chelsea thanks again for coming on the show where can we reach you online dear miss you can find me at at jenna williford on twitter and make sure to check out my website chelsea loves movies yes please go over there like i said i'm gonna put it in the show notes we're gonna have chelsea on again and go interact with her please she is fucking a darling fantastic person <laughs> lee where can we find you sir you can find me at big pick reviews on twitter and you can read my reviews at www.bigpicturereviews.co.uk me and a collective of people all giving our various opinions on the latest films that are coming out so if you can't get enough of me yabbering on that's 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 the medium that's the way to do it <laughs> uh, my name is jason michael you can find me at, at atlantic sc on twitter uh, again, I'm still working on shit. That's a lie. I haven't written anything yet. And uh, <laughs> I'm just working on the end of my semester. So yeah. thank you again for tuning in to the Atlantic SC Next. That's it for us this week. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.